Hello everyone and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo esports podcast. My name is Josh, aka JK Fire, and I am joined forever by the number one Vikings fan himself, Will, aka I am Mr. Mayhem. What's going on? Will, today is a very, very busy day in regards to Halo esports. Yes, yes it is. Um, if you guys did not know, we had the first ever Game Battles 2K tournaments that happened over the weekend, um, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. First and foremost, we're going to start with what I'm going to call this segment as Roster Mania, and hopefully we'll have a cool soundbite that we can put at the beginning of that because I don't want to say it all the time. But, again, this is going to be an ongoing segment because these rosters are changing constantly and it's just ridiculous, but... Let's talk about some new stuff that happened since last week. First and foremost, we have a couple, I believe, are going to be confirmed South America teams. Um, first and foremost, we have Solid Gaming, which consists of, I don't even know how to pronounce this, N3OSG. Then we have iMaster. We have Johan, or Johan. I'm going to probably mispronounce that, and I apologize. And then we have Pablo, because I imagine that person's name is Pablo. Except all the ZZZs, but whatever. Um, and then also, I just want to give a huge shout out to Reddit user H2Gabriel and also Halo Data Hive for these roster lists that we are just about to talk about. Um, the other South America team that I believe is confirmed is the Balancing Act, which consists of No Pro Angel, CR10RY. I don't know what that's supposed to indicate. Then we have Sanart or Sanart, and then Juan MLG. So good. That's good stuff. And we'll talk the reason why I believe those are confirmed teams. We'll talk about shortly, but just know that I included two for a reason. Um, next up we have Mexico. Again, I'm including two of these for a reason that we'll get to later. First up is shock of the world with Atso Uchiha, maybe desecrates. Then we have BW crits L one, two, three. And then we have BMX Carlo Gambino, which is a dope gamer tag, if I've ever seen one. Ladies and gentlemen, that gamer tag is in all caps as well, just to know you how badass that guy is. Um, no disrespect to, D to BMX, I bet he's a great player. Obviously, he's in the pro scene. Next, we have Overpower. This team consists of Jiraxo, Anaya, Inino, and Broken. So... Again, I'm probably butchering all of these names, but maybe you guys should clarify these instead of putting letters and numbers in different spaces and places that don't make sense. Moving on, we have Australia teams. This time we have three of them. First up, we have Overhaul. This consists of Berserk, Madzy, Seduce, and T Junior D. Next up, the next team is Exile 5. This consists of Balds, Colt San, Momentum, and Risku. Or Risu. Risu? Risku? I don't I don't know. Moving on. Last but not least for Australia, we have Osprey Gaming. That's how I'm gonna pronounce them. We have IC Jim, Rampage Jackson. Again, another amazing gamer tag. Again, all caps. Yep, all caps. But instead of an A in Rampage, well, for the for the first A, we have a number four. This person's a badass, if you didn't know. Um, we have Wheezy113, 
And last but not least on Osprey Gaming, we have UG underscore Enigma. So again, please think of better gamer tag names here. This is getting ridiculous. I'm not going to pronounce these correctly. Um, moving on, we have the U. First up, based off what I'm seeing on HaloDataHive.com. Again, shout out to you guys. You guys are phenomenal. Um, it looks like XL Esports and Team Supremacy are no longer organizations in the Halo scene. This is based off of the rosters that I saw previously on Halo Data Hive that no longer have these orgs tied to them. But the teams are still the same. So I'm thinking that they're gone. We'll see what happens. But based off the information that I'm given, I'm saying they're gone. Uh, we have a couple new teams, though. First up, we have Geezers. No organization tied to these, to these guys yet, but Geezers consists of Batchford, Morga, uh, Ramirez, who was on the XL roster before this team change, and also So Snaky, again, who was also on the previous XL roster who is now on this team. Next up, we have Vexed Gaming, which consists of Riots, Lunny, Quadios, and Snipe Drone. Snipe Drone is a new member to Vexed. He was on the XL roster, so it looks like everybody from XL is now moving on to other teams, so again, solidifies me thinking that XL's gone. Uh, let's see here. We have Mocket Esports. These guys are Outcasty, whatever. Looney, HCS or HC is it HCS Squashy or HC Squashy? I like HC Squashy, even though it's HCS. Let's go with that. Yeah, we're gonna go with HC Squashy. And then we have Warlad. Uh, we have now. Here's where things are gonna get a little weird, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. So. Again, we're going to talk about these game battles tournaments that happened over the weekend in just a little bit, but what I'm about to explain, try to wrap your head around this, because this is absolutely bonkers. So, previously, there was TBC, alright? No organization tied to this team, but the team name is TBC, or was for that matter, because they're probably gone now. This used to consist of... Jimbo, remember that name for something very important coming up. Flux, Cristola, and SLG. Okay? Alright. So, now we have Team Infused. Now this, again, remember Jimbo... What is going on with Jimbo? This is unbelievable. So, Team Infused, this was the roster before the Game Battles 2K tournament. I believe it was one or two days before the uh, the Game Battles 2K tournament, which happened just over the weekend. We had two Foxy, Kimbo, Moe's, and Respect. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, where's Jimbo? Oh, he got dropped. So... Out of nowhere, Jimbo gets dropped from Team Infused and 2Foxy gets put in. Nobody knew what the hell was going on, but I was listening to Jimbo's stream. He streams on Twitch, by the way. You should go follow him if you haven't. Um, He was saying that he wasn't booted based off performance alone. So there is something else that was going on there. That's all he said, so I'm not going to dive deep into it because I don't know him and I don't know the situation and I'm not going to speculate. But based off what he said, he was not booted off the team based off performance alone. So, like I said, two Foxy in, Jimbo out. This was right before that 
Game Battles 2K tournament that just happened over the weekend. Immediately after these tur- this tournament happened, a day later, Jimbo's back in. Two Foxy's out, and again, the rest of the lineup is Kimbo, Moe's, and Respect. I cannot believe this. They lose one tournament, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but they lose one tournament, and they bring Jimbo back. Like, what the fuck happens? I don't it's, even know. It's crazy. It's 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 absolutely bonkers. And we'll see this with players flip-flopping and swapping in and out until the actual tournaments are set. Well, the thing that blows my mind, too, is that Team Infuse was the team that took top six at DreamHack Denver. You would think that they'd stick. They're the first EU team to get top six against NA teams ever. And they decided to drop one of their best players? I mean, okay, whatever. And then they just pick them back up. So, oh, we'll see what happens with that team. Um, But that's enough about EU for now. Next up, we have North America. First up, we have another kind of little bit of a controversy here. We have a no-name team, which consists of Arctic, Falcated, Shooter, and Tapping Buttons. Now, if you guys recall, we did talk about this last week. We talked about this team last week, so you may be thinking to yourself... Why are you guys including in it this week if the roster didn't change? Well, funny story, it kind of did. For at least a split second, and it will continue to change for the foreseeable future until Orlando. So, Musa, if you guys don't know, is another pro Halo player. Um, He's been around for a little while. And during this 2K tournament that happened over the weekend, Musa actually replaced tapping buttons. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, why? Well... Apparently, Tapping Buttons is only able to compete within the Orlando tournament on Shooter's team. Um, again, without currently a name. But he is not able to compete with the same team within the online ladders in Game Battles 2K tournaments. This is based off a tweet that was sent out um, from one of his other teammates that are on that team. So that's the only information we have based off this right now. But for the foreseeable future... Tapping buttons will not be able to compete in the online ladders and the 2K tournaments with his NA team. Musa is replacing him for the foreseeable future on this team. Now, the big thing that I'm going to wonder about this is how is this going to affect his pro points leading into it? Does it matter about individual? Does it only matter for team? Because I just, I simply don't know. I'll have to look into it further. Yeah, stay tuned to uh, see what happens. It's, right. I'm 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 hoping that it's not just individual performance taken into account because I would hate to see I mean, he's been practicing with this team and to him to get shafted like this, it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. All right. Next up we have a little bit of a name change. Same team though. Uh previously the Luminosity squad uh, now another thing, another news update. Luminosity is now another organization that is out of Halo. Add that to the list. We should, we should, well, we should make a list of organizations that are abandoning Halo and just see how many just fill up this thing. Just the in and out of them. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm actually kind of dumbfounded how quickly these organizations are leaving. Not just NA. We've had, we just talked about, we had a couple EU ones that are gone too. It's, it's, it's weird. So it's, it's a rotating door recently and it's, it's strange to see. I agree. 
we'll see what has to happen. Um, but this Luminosity squad, they changed their name to Ambush. Old Halo fans, old Halo pros will know that Ambush is a whole is an old uh, pro Halo name, team name that is. So kind of cool to see that back. Next up, we have another new name. Uh, same team though. Lunchbox, Ace, APG, and Neptune are part of the what was the Smurfs squad. Are now Team Instinct again. If you know old Pro Halo, then you know that Instinct is another common name. So kind of cool to see that back as well. Um, next up we have Contra's team, which no organization yet, but this I'm not going to say breaking news, but apparently. This could be the new Straight Rippin roster. I've checked Straight Rippin's Twitter. I haven't seen anything confirmed yet. But based off what I'm hearing, this could be the new Straight Rippin roster. And this consists of commonly Pre-Devinator, Contra, and Baby J. Names that are prolific. Is, is that the word I'm looking for? Prolific? Uh, prolific. Prolific. Yeah, prolific. Thank you. See, I'm stupid. So prolific names in Halo. Um, Pro Halo, that is. So it's good to see them teaming. Commonly, I believe, was on an old straight ripping roster, I think. I'm I think so. That or liquid. I think who cares? We're moving on. Next up we have the Oreos. Great name. Um, no organization, but you know, cookies are amazing, so why not? We have L Town Nemesis repping that Minnesota. Nemesis, we know you're from Minnesota. Maybe you should like follow us on Twitter or something because we gotta we gotta help each other out. You know what I mean? Uh, then we have Destroyed and Rami. Um, I'm happy to see Rami on a squad. It's been it's been a good while since I've seen him on a team. So this is this is good stuff. Good for you, Rami. And then Nemesis and Destroyed. They've teamed together for a while. Happy to see them back together. Um, L-Town, been a pro for a very long time. Happy to see him back in the mix as well. Next up, we have Project Evil. I don't know if this is an organization or not, but whatever. We uh, On this team, we have Gilkey, Sneaky Bran, APMH, and Kilton. Um, I don't know much about these guys, so we'll see what happens with them. Next up, we have Question Mark. In other words, I have no idea if this team exists anymore. This was on the uh, um, Google Doc by H2 Gabriel at one point. I don't know if it's still on there. I don't know if this team still exists. But what this team either consists or used to consist of was Hunter JJX, Calm, Nebula, and Rob the Turtle. Uh, they've been names that have been around the Halo 5 scene for a while. So who knows if they're a team anymore. And last but not least, this was confirmed as of yesterday. We have Duo Duo. And they consist of Prototype, Rain, Ryanoob, and Straight Sick. So, names that everybody should know in the Halo 5 scene by now. Uh, three very big veteran players with Prototype, Ryanoob, and Straight Sick, who have been around for a very long time. And then we have Rain, who's been around for a while as well. Not as long as the other three, but he has definitely shown his skill countless times. Especially being on an old Liquid squad that made it pretty far. So... Expecting some pretty decent things out of them. You know, fun fact, Will. Yeah? I played against Prototype in a matchmaking game. Oh, really? Yeah. How'd that go? Well, I got shit on, but yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I got a couple kills on. Felt pretty good. Sure. But yeah, I played against it. It was pretty sweet. Um, So Prototype, shouting you out, man. Don't be so mean to me online. I'm just kidding. You're, you're a nice guy. And we didn't talk, so I'm 
whatever. Moving on. Uh, that was, ladies and gentlemen, that was Roster Media for this week's podcast. I'm sorry it got a little bit long in the tooth, but we got through it together. Now for some actual beefy stuff. We have the news, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so as I've stated probably four or five times throughout the show so far, the first ever, first ever Game Battles Online 2K tournament took place over the weekend where we had all of the places competing. We had Australia, we had EU, we had North America, we had South America and Mexico all competing with their teams. So let's break it down. Um, Spoiler alert, if you try to go to the Game Battles website right now, this is why I'm so amazing and you guys should all love me and thank me and follow us on Twitter at HCS Pro Talk. You guys should love me because if you go to the Game Battles website right now and you try to find these brackets and these tournaments, you won't find them. They're not there anymore. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but it's like they remove the links as soon as the tournaments are over. So... I've, you can find them by doing Google searches, but since I'm so amazing, they're going to be included in the show notes for you, so you don't have to go scrubbing around Google to find them. But let's get into it. First and foremost, the first tournament we had, and these are going to go in order of the time they took place over Saturday and Sunday. So the first tournament we had was Australia. Um, 20 teams came out for this event, and by came out, I mean like they logged in because it was an online tournament, so whatever. But 20 teams competed. Uh, The prize pools consisted of $500 for the first place team and $250 for the second place team, along with um, pro points being distributed upon the specific tournament placing that each team got, with first place taking $2,000. Now, I'm not going to repeat this, so I'm going to say it one more time here. The first place team of every region's tournament took home 2,000 pro points with lesser numbers depending upon the placing that you got within the tournament. So know that no matter what region you were in, if you got first place, that team got 2,000 pro points. Okay, It's just the money that's different. So moving on. The first place team for Australia was Overhaul, and the second place team was Osprey Gaming. Again, Overhaul took home 500 bucks. Osprey took home 250 bucks. So good for them. Um, we'll see if they can continue their dominance going into week two. Uh, and we'll just have to see what happens with them. And hopefully I'm just going to include this here too. Either the halo channel on Twitch or someone else, they need to have a dedicated stream to showing these tournaments because what, what I loved last pro league season, getting a little bit off, off topic here for a second Um, what I loved about last year's pro league seasons were during the open bracket tournaments that were online that you saw oxygen supremacy come out and get into pro league because of, uh, every weekend they would have T squared and Elamite as casters in the studio as they commentated over these open bracket matches. Now, granted, they only did like the semifinals and the finals. But that was really awesome to have, and I miss having that because now, otherwise we miss out on all of these things happening, and we can't find ways to watch it later. Now, unless they're somehow put on Halo Data Hive, but he, but they put up scrim results and whatnot on there, I'm really hoping that someone steps up or there is a way to have an official stream 
so we can watch all this take place because I don't want to miss any of this. It's pro Halo. Yeah, you uh, right now you have to get lucky that one of the players are actually streaming the match, which we ran into an issue with the finals for NA. Um, it had to be spectated through a friend of one of the one of the finals players. I think it was it was either Royal Two or Snakebite. Royal Two spectated um, Eco. And that's how we were able to see. Perfect. Okay. I was going to say, I know that during the Pro League matches, I believe there was spectating happening as well for the like the casters in the booth. But um, no, that's good to know. And and shout out, shout out to Optic for actually taking the time to actually set that up. So thank you guys. And then actually another shout out to Wonderboy. Um, your casting and analysis was amazing during your stream. Loved it. Thank you very much for that. Um, next up, we have EU. This, again, I'm going in order of the, the time that these tournaments took place over the weekend. So, next up was EU. 25 teams uh, competed. There was a prize pool of $750 for the first place team. There was a prize pool of $250 for the second place team. Uh, Vex Gaming took first, with Geezers taking second. Now, something I included in here. Notable series. So, if you guys remember earlier in the show, we talked about how Jimbo was actually kicked off and fused right before the tournament started. And by right before, I mean like a day or two before. And then immediately after the tournament, he was picked right back up. What's funny is, Infuse was actually eliminated 3-1 against Vexed in the very first round of said tournament. Um, The reason this is a big deal is due to Infuse taking top six at DreamHack Denver, which we talked about, and also making the roster change of dropping Jimbo and bringing in two Foxy. And right when they lost, they brought Jimbo back and dropped two Foxy. Uh, now, they could complain that this was based off seeding of the tournament. And considering this was the first one, the seeding could kind of be screwed up. So the fact that two juggernaut teams matched up against each other right off the bat is yeah, kind of an iffy thing to think about. But the fact of the matter is, you win, you win, you lose, you lose. And Infuse lost 3-1, which is just... After, oh my god, I can't believe it. That I am so excited to see what next week brings, not only for other roster changes around the league, but for this lineup, just to see what the hell happens. Because I really want to know if it wasn't just based off performance that Jimbo got kicked immediately, like uh first and foremost, I want to know what the actual reasoning behind that is. Yeah, so. that's gonna be interesting to see and if Jimbo does perform next week with them and they, they make it far, you got to wonder how that team chemistry is going to be going forward. Uh, if they're going to be able to, to make it work or not and keep performing and winning. Exactly. And that's not to say that he wasn't performing during last week either, because now I don't, they didn't really face any challenging teams until they got knocked out. I'm talking about Jimbo's team in the 2k tournament last weekend, but uh, he still played very well. So I was still just surprised that all of this happened. I don't think it needed to happen at all, to be honest, but at least we have a story out of it. So that's something. Yeah. Um, next up, that's all about EU we're going to talk about for now. Next up is North America. So the big boys, um, 107 teams. That's a crazy amount considering Australia... Australia only had 20. Yep, and EU had 24. EU is considered the second biggest. So the fact that 107 teams signed up for the North American tournament is just unbelievable. What's also kind of unbelievable is the 
money differential as well. So uh, $1,500 for first place and $500 for second place. Looping back to the beginning of all this, I believe the first place team, the first place team for Australia took home $500. Yeah. So the fact that the second place team in North America takes that, it's like, who knows? Maybe there's just a lot of really good talent over there and they're not getting paid enough for it. But I, that's a story for another day. Uh, Splice took first. This is kind of a non-surprise, but we'll talk about it in just a second. And then Ambush actually took second. Um, notable series that we can talk about real quick. Splice versus Optic. This was in the semifinals. Uh, so it was Splice Optic and then it was Ambush Reciprocity. Those are the two semifinals matches. Um, Optic lost to Splice 1-3. Will, what do you think? What I thought was interesting about this is Optic really hadn't faced a challenging team before this match. Exactly. And I think Splice kind of made them take a step back and they kind of, they came in hot and they, they, they showed that they were the better team that day. I 100% agree. And if you guys watched any of the Optic games before that Splice game, you would, like Will just said, you know that they didn't face anything. They didn't have any challenges. They steamrolled everything they touched. So, yeah. Splice taking them out. I said last week, and I told you this before we started recording, Will, I said last week that Renegade and Shotzi are two of the best players in the league. That you did. Opposite Optic. That you did. And what happened? They they won. They showed it. They showed it and they dominated in a very good fashion. This this reminds me of how well. Oh, granted, the roster is different now, but this reminds me of how well they played at DreamHack Atlanta, and how they didn't even Optic didn't even get to take them to a second best of seven series because Splice was just that damn good. So we'll see if this lights a fire under not only Optic's ass but other teams as well, gunning for that spot. Because 2,000 pro points, that can swing. So we'll see what happens. Um, And the other notable series was, again, the second semifinals match, Ambush versus Reciprocity. This was a little bit more surprising to me because I thought both these teams were going to be a little bit more even matched. Now, Will, I'm going to ask you in a second. It's a simple yes or no question. But Reciprocity loses a series 0-3 to Ambush. If you guys don't know, Ambush has Pistola who used to be on Envy with Snipedown and Mickwin, who are now on Reciprocity. So, old teammates going up against one another here. Will, did you watch this series? Some of it. I was able to see bits and pieces. Were the games close that you watched? Do you not remember? I, I can't remember exact scores, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I can look it up later. It's not a big deal. But the fact that, I mean, if they were close... Okay. I maybe next maybe next week something drastic will change. Maybe they'll actually start taking games off. But again, Reciprocity, I don't think had been challenged up until their ambush matchup. So this could be another situation where maybe they just hadn't faced another good team. So Reciprocity's just like, oh well, sure, we'll take it too. And then Ambush is like, nah, we're better than you, and they took it. So I'll have to look at the scores for those, but the fact that Reciprocity lost without putting up a single game to Ambush, I think, says something. And maybe Pistola made the right team change in this regard. 
Maybe it's a little bit of him knowing his old teammates too and being able to counter them. It's a very good point. But you would then think, like the counter argument could be made that... That 2v1. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But at the same time... But he's the wizard. He is is the goddamn wizard. You're right about that. Um, We'll have to see what happens with these squads. I imagine they're not going to break up. I imagine they're going to continue into next week. We'll see what happens. I'm expecting big things. Now, I just wanted to include this real quickly. Now, this was at the very beginning of the tournament, so take this kind of with a grain of salt. But the first Optic game that was played, I forgot the team they played because who cares. But Optic's opening CTF strat on the map Coliseum. So to kind of give a word representation of what Coliseum is, for those who may not know, Coliseum is a symmetrical map. So there's one base on each side. They're both the same size. They're just different color. One's red, one's blue. Easy, right? Um, on the opposite sides, we have a sniper rifle spawn, which is on top of a little hill. And then we have a rocket launcher spawn on the opposite side, again, on kind of like a hill area. Now, optics opening strat on this game type for capture the flag. And again, if you don't know what capture the flag is, one flag on each base, one red, one blue. And the objective is you're trying to get your opponent's flag and bring it back to your base. First team, I believe, to three caps wins. We won't get into overtime rules or anything like that because we don't need to talk about it. But for the sake of representation, hopefully you guys understand what this is now. Game starts. Optic. First thing that is said is let's go straight for the flag. So what they did was they ran up the rocket ramp. They completely skipped picking up rockets. A power weapon in the game. A po- yes, one of the two power weapons on that map, which can dramatically change the tide of battle. They completely skip it. They go right down the opposite side of the ramp, right up to the enemy's base. They see an enemy jump out. They kill him. Easy kill. It's a two-on-one situation, if I'm not mistaken. So they have numbers advantage. What numbers advantage means is it's pretty self-explanatory. You have more people on your team alive than the enemy team does so right now i believe it's a 4v3 situation and they immediately say let's go for the flag so optic grabs the opponent's flag starts running it back up rocket ramp they grab rockets on the way back to cap that flag it was immaculate it was perfect it was something that i just hadn't really paid attention to before and this is coming from a guy who watches these things every time i can like every weekend every day that there's a stream i watch and the fact that I never paid attention to that was, it's just, that's amazing. So I just wanted to make a quick note about that play. Something to really look out for with these pro teams is their starting strategies. Because starting strategies, believe it or not, can really help you or hinder you, depending upon how well or how bad they go for each game in a series. So pay attention to those for next week's uh, tournament. Next up, we have South America. Um, 20 teams competed, just like Australia. We had $350 going to the first place team and $150 going to the second place team. First place was Solid Gaming. Second place was The Balancing Act. And last but not least, we had Mexico. 21 teams competed. $350 going for first place, $150 going for second place yet again. Shock the world taking first place and overpower taking second. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it for the game battles recap. 
I'm hoping that next week we actually have statistics that we can run through. So Halo Data Hive, if you want to put up statistics, that'd be greatly appreciated because we love you and we know you're awesome. And uh, yeah, you're great. Uh, no, but seriously, we'd love to have those stats to run through. To just, sh- just for the tournaments. Right, just for the tournaments. Because Will and I were talking before we started recording, and what I what we want to see is we want to see who had the best KD in the tournament, who had the most kills, who had the least amount of deaths, who had the most assists, who had the most flag caps, the most uh, ball hold time, so on and so forth. Those are crucial stats to think about, especially considering how often these teams are going to compete against one another week in, week out. And to see those change and mold, and it's it's going to be great. I really hope we can get those stats. Uh, Will, would you mind running us through the next bit of news that we have, please? Yeah. First off, congrats to all those teams that have won and took second and got those pro points on their way, getting closer to the finals. Good luck to all of you. Um, but we do have passes, team and spectator passes, available for Orlando, London, and Sydney tournaments. And those will be available in the show notes, the links to all those. Um, we also have oddball map and game type changes. Um, I believe there's only going to be two maps played for oddball. And again, those will be in the show notes. All right, cool. Thank you, Will, for reading through those. Appreciate it. Okay. So, Will... This is probably the last, this is the last bit of news here, but this is something kind of crucial to the scene as a whole. Uh, Will just briefly mentioned that there were some oddball map changes uh, for the Halo World Championship 2018 season. Now, yes, Will, you are correct. There are only going to be two maps now. And let's just say that a lot of the North American pros are not real happy about this. Um, if you guys didn't pay attention you guys as in the listeners, if you guys didn't pay attention to the North American tournament that happened over the weekend, you would know that I, I believe uh, either just the top teams or none of the teams played any oddball at all. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, if it's included in the official series and it's a rule that you need to play them, why didn't they play them? Well, let me preface by saying that um, the EU tournament that I watched, they did play them. So the EU teams did play oddball. Uh, I don't know for how long. I don't know if they continued it throughout the entire thing. But I know that the games that I watched, there was oddball. So take that for what you will. But Snakebite, one of the pro players on Optic Gaming, two-time Halo World Champions, the best in the world, obviously. Nothing can touch them. Um... He kind of spoke out about this on on the behalf of himself and I believe other North American pros. Um, I'm just going to read. I want to read through these tweets real quick so you guys can, can kind of understand where he is coming from and where the other North American pros are coming from. Um, so Paul Duarte, who is Snakebite on Twitter, um, he tweeted out to Captain Anarchy, who is another pro, uh, Oddball or strongholds? This was his first tweet. He asked if it was oddball or strongholds in these in this tournament format. Adam um, Adam Apakella, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm really sorry if I mispronounce it. Uh, he works for MLG, and he replied back and he said, "Guys, please play the game types that are listed by round. Let's get this started the right way. We'll continue to work with 343 to address game type feedback, but the settings are the settings right now." Paul, aka Snakebite, replies back. 
no one practiced oddball because we uh when they were released it was already an issue they tried fixing it last minute by reducing it to two maps but since no one practiced it equals it won't be played this week adam replied back hey paul the other regions played the game types and we expect it to be played today in north america i understand your point but please stick to the rules we continue to monitor feedback so that just that uh, restates the point that yes they were played in other regions it's just north america that's deciding not to um paul snakebite replies back adam no na teams played the game type i understand where you're coming from but obviously no teams having practice on it is going to equal no teams playing it this isn't a me or us issue here it's a whole region so therefore me thinking that he's speaking on behalf of all north american pros in this regard now the reason why i'm saying all of this like i'm not saying this to hurt snakebite or anything like that i'm not saying this to hurt mlg i'm restating what had already been said uh in this conversation on twitter and i'm just making it aware to you guys to let you know that this was the conversation that was had to me there is no ill will towards um like between paul and adam no i think it's just information being shared that you know snakebite said nobody practice we don't want to play this because we didn't practice it's not gonna go well if no one practiced and um learned how to properly play this game type i agree completely and the fact that they dropped it down to two maps too it's like you when we talked about it it was was it last week it was last was it last week that we talked about oddball or yeah. was it week one okay we, either we, way. both weeks we've we've mentioned okay oddball. well we talked about how excited we are about it yeah We're, we wanted different game types we wanted more competition this is what we wanted us as in spectators so I completely get where Snakebite's coming from. If it's dropped down to two maps, and granted, okay, one of the maps is the rig, that map plays unbelievably terribly on with Oddball. It's fucking garbage. So, it's... In old Halo games, what would happen is, and this would constantly happen on the rig now, when you got the ball, if you're getting challenged, right, and you challenges and you're in a gunfight that you're probably going to lose... You, what you would do is you would quote unquote play ball and what that means is you would throw the oddball off the map and then it would respawn at its spawn location yeah. typically in the middle okay the rig if you guys don't know what this map is it is a completely open around the sides map as in there is i believe one closed off wall out of four that you cannot throw the ball out of. There are three other completely open back areas that you can throw the ball away from. Not only that, but there is an um there's a pit in the middle as well that you can throw the ball down. So think about this, Will. I'm optic, okay? And you're whatever team I'm facing off against. You get the ball. I'm optic, so I'm coming after you, obviously. You're you're anywhere on the map really and you just decide oh hey i'm getting shot at all right see ya that happened all game the whole time do you understand how boring and monotonous that is to watch that happen yeah it's it's unbelievable so they need to get rid of the ring first and foremost or and i think i heard this as a suggestion they need to make specific maps for this game type and this brings it all the way back to the conversation we had either last week or two weeks ago where we want community-made maps in the pro scene. 
Yeah, that that would be great. Um, the issue is, is the game battles have already started, and it's a little too late to start implementing these things. But is it too late considering these oddball changes that just took place? The, great question. That's it's just it's stupid to me. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's 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 being boggled back and forth. Right. It, and the, MLG is giving the basic response of we're working on it or we'll, we're taking your feedback as in yeah we hear you shut the fuck up about it so and just play what we tell you to play that's what it sounds like to me as somebody who's watching this from the outside looking in yeah. and the last thing i want is for these pros to have their opinions just completely at the wayside because that's how we got um that's how halo 5 got to its current state now, granted, it's kind of better than it was, but people are now complaining about shots not registering all over again. And this was a whole issue from back, uh, like maybe a year ago or so, maybe less, I think less than that. And they said they fixed it and they said they took pro players uh, feedback into mind. And look where the fuck that got us. It, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. getting heated. Yeah. People um, are still complaining about missed shots and then also um, connection times. Yep. That's all been kind of going downhill lately. The fact that the fact that uh, all over this weekend, the first online tournament that happens and the servers go down. Really, guys? Come on. You work for Microsoft. Step your game up. This is me calling you out, 343. <laughs> like, I give you the most respect. I love, I'm a diehard of the series. Yeah, Halo 5 story was kind of weak. Whatever. I still enjoyed the shit out of it. I think the multiplayer is some of the best in the franchise. But the fact of the matter is, you can't, come on, you work, you're Microsoft's golden boy, and, shout out to golden boy, and this happens, like, come on guys, seriously, this is ridiculous, okay, I'm gonna finish these tweets real quick, uh, Snakebite then clarifies something, like, bringing it all the way back to this oddball conversation. I'm sorry, guys. We got a little off topic there. A little bit. I got heated. Uh, Snakebite then comes back and clarifies everything that he said. He said, just to be clear, with the whole oddball thing going on in North America, we were told it wouldn't be forced. It was forced. They put four maps instead of the one pros said they should. Uh, they said it would be figured out, and it took until two days before an official seating tourney to do so. So not only were they told that it wouldn't be forced, it was forced, and they were told there was only going to be one map. Turns out there were more. And then last but not least, he says, in the future, if it stays in, it will be played. Just a matter of people not wanting to play what essentially is a random game type during a seeding tournament. Again, we completely agree and we completely understand. Um. So that I'm just... I'm simply blown away that we were, I'm still excited, don't get me wrong, that MLG's back, because I think it could mean huge things for Halo Esports as a whole, but man, does this really feel like it's getting off on the wrong foot. Because, in all honesty, yeah, we want Oddball. We as in spectators. Yeah. Me as in, like, we as in Will and myself. You guys watching, maybe some of you don't want Oddball. I completely get it. It's It's not necessarily for Halo 5. I get it, but if if they just decide to shoehorn it in without proper playtesting, without proper map support, so on and so forth, just remove it. We've had the same game types and maps for the longest time. You can just keep doing that. I'll still watch the shit out of it. You don't need to drastically change anything. 
If oddball doesn't work, take it out. You can you can address it later on. Maybe next season. I don't even give a shit anymore. But if it stays cool, hopefully there's hopefully the map choices are better. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. So that does it for the oddball shenanigans that are going on. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the final segment of the show is none other than community creations. If you guys don't know, AGDQ, awesome games done quick. The charity marathon that happens biannually, I think that's the correct term, twice a year. Um, there's AGDQ, which is awesome games done quick, and then the summer games done quick, SGDQ, awesome games done quick, fall, winter, SGDQ, spring, summer. Self-explanatory, right? AGDQ was raising money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. And they actually, this isn't really part of the Halo thing, but I just wanted to make a quick announcement that they broke their all-time record of over two point, I think it was $2.3 million raised over a week of speedrunning video games, which is fucking crazy. So congratulations to them. I, I tuned in for a Mario run and it was at 1.7 and I was really hoping that they would get there and it's, I'm glad to hear that they did. Do you remember which Mario run you watched? I believe it was the Super Mario World with the... Oh, the four racers? It was... I don't remember the exact Was one. it four people? No, no, no. It was just one one guy. Um, okay. It was like a um a, some some special version of it. Was it Super Dram World? Super Dram World. Oh, what a dope run that yeah, was, that too. Was great. Oh, my God. That was so good. So funny. So funny. Um, Grand Pooh Bear is the one that ran yes, that game. That's that's the name I, would, I was looking He's for. He's an absolutely hilarious guy as well. Um, so, guys, quick shout out to, to us. Uh, Games Done Quick. Go follow them on Twitter. Go check out their Twitch channel because they have all of the videos on both their Twitch and their YouTube if you wanted to watch any of those speedruns. But the one I'm specifically going to talk about right now is the Halo 5 Guardians legendary speedrun by Distro. And if you guys have never seen a Halo game being speedrun before, it is absolutely crazy. And just to keep it simplified here, if you guys don't know what a speedrun is, the whole point of it is the player, the runner is what they're called, tries to get through the game as quickly as humanly possible. Whether that be, now there are different categories as well. So there's like glitch lists, so you can't use glitches that are known within the game. There's any percent, so instead of going for 100% completion on that game, you just try to complete it as quickly as possible without doing all the mandatory stuff, so on and so forth. This was a legendary speedrun of Halo 5 Guardians, legendary being the hardest difficulty without skulls on. We don't need to talk about skulls right now. Legendary is the, uh, the hardest basic difficulty in the game, okay? And he did it very quickly, very quickly indeed. There were, he got out of the map several times via glitches. He was showing off a lot of skill. It's a great run. It's a great cause. It was a great week. Go watch that run. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And then also check out, I think it's halospeedruns.com. I think that's what the website is if you want to watch other Halo games being speedrun as well, along with world records and all that stuff. Will. Yes, Josh. Is there anything you would like to say before we get out of here for the day? No, I think that's going to do it. For more Halo news, follow us on Twitter at HDS Pro Talk. 
Like us on Facebook. Again, facebook.com slash HCSProTalk for all your Halo eSports updates. Twitter at HCSProTalk. But we already said that a couple times. What else we got? We're on iTunes, Spotify. We're not on Spotify yet. We're not on Spotify. We are pending approval on Spotify. I am patiently waiting for that email. If we ever get the email. Apparently, ladies and gentlemen, apparently Spotify is the biggest bitch to get onto. So that sounded really bad when I just said that and I just thought about it. But regardless, Spotify, please make it easier to get on your goddamn platform. I mean, come on. We got on Apple within a day and we got on Google Play within two days. So we're on Google Play. Is it Stitcher that we're on as well? Yes. Yes. So Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud for the time being. And I think that's it for now. That's it for now. Right. So we're, we're trying to get on everything. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's it. Oh, man. What a week. It's been a week. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings, man. If oh, my God. That's another thing you need to check out if you haven't. The end of the Minnesota Vikings versus the New Orleans Saints football game. NFC Divisional Round. You need to see it. So many videos on, on YouTube, Facebook, fan reactions. It's It's been great. People cried. I know. I, I have family members that went on Facebook Live and were bawling their eyes out over this game. Dom almost cried. I uh, Yes, he did. So it's crazy. It is crazy. I I we okay. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this just for a hot minute. So the the podcast is technically over. So if you just stayed for the HCS Pro Talk talk of it, then enjoy your week. We'll see you next week for uh the tournaments and all that fun stuff, the recaps and all the shenanigans that happened in Halo Esports. Let's talk about Vikings for a second. How in the living hell did they win that game, Will? It was, as as Paul Allen put it on the K-Fan 100.3, shout out to Paul Allen. It was a miracle in Minneapolis. It was, um, the Vikings were down by two points with 25 seconds left to go. With 10 seconds left. With, oh, you're The start, okay, the start, of, the, the start of the drive, 25 seconds. They take a five-yard penalty to put them even farther back on the first play of the game. Yep. They somehow throw the ball downfield, get, you know, pick up 20 yards, cool, take a timeout. They throw two incompletions. It is third and 10 with 10 seconds left. I was ready to walk out the door. You had your jacket on. I had my jacket on. Uh, My hopes were so high for this team coming into the playoffs, and they were about to blow it. And the play starts. Keenum drops back. The quarterback for the Vikings drops back. The backup quarterback for the Vikings. Well, he's our starter now. I, I'm but just saying, for for all intents and purposes, he is technically like he was our backup. He was, he was, he. But he bat, he drops back. He throws a pass to the right side of the sideline, and our wide receiver Stefan Diggs jumps up to catch this ball. And as he's in the air, the the safety comes up to tackle him from the Saints. And if he tackles him in bounds, the game's over for us. Yep, it's done. Done. You know, if, if Diggs gets out of bounds, we have a 50-yard field goal from our kicker who's been spotty all year. <laughs> oh, Kai Forbath. Oh, Sorry, man. Kai. I mean, you nailed the last few ones in that game, but, man, you it's been iffy all year. He missed one that game, though, too. He did. He? he did from yeah. 47. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the safety comes up to kind of tackle Diggs, but he doesn't. He, like, 
He goes underneath him. He goes underneath him. He falls, and I think it's he doesn't want to get the pass interference because then then it's a free play for the Vikings without time being run off the clock in that situation. An automatic first down, too. An automatic first down. Mm -hmm. So he falls, and then Diggs comes down, keeps his balance, and there's no one behind him because the safety just fell over and ran into the cornerback that was next to him. On his team. Yeah, uh, yep, on his team. So Diggs just runs in for a touchdown, and the Vikings win by five. It was it was incredible. It was the first time I think uh, Paul Allen and other uh, sportscasters said that this was the first time ever that a team has won in the playoffs via the clock being run down to zero on the last play with a touchdown. With a touchdown. Yes. The first time ever. Like not not yep, recently. Yep. Not within the last ten well, years. Well, the first time they started tracking that stat was in '91. So since '91. Okay. That's but what still, we know. The first time it's been ever recorded. How crazy is that? It, it, that? That is. It's crazy. I mean, most of the times you see the field goals, but a touchdown right. to end the game like that, it's it's rare. And it was then, spectacular. And then to end things out with that, uh, so all the all the reporters and all the news came out onto the field, and they needed to kick their extra point, and so they demanded that everybody get off the field and whatnot. Um, so they a few of the same... I don't even. They didn't have a full defensive line out there, did they? Eight people. And who who was the first person to come out on the field? Do you remember? The Saints punter. Who? What happened to him during that game? Broke two ribs during the game. This guy was a champ, by the what way. What a fucking trooper! He dude. broke two ribs what on his first play that he was in. His first punt, he yep. tackled. Um, he tackled one of the Vikings returners and broke two ribs, and he still came out and punted. Cheryl's right. Yes. Yes. Yep. And he killed it all game. And then he was the first one to come back out. And for that two point or for the extra point, which the Vikings ended up just kneeling anyway. They kneeled it. So, yes, they just kneeled it. (laughs) Yeah. But in that situation, what are you going to do? You don't want to kick the extra point and rub it in. You don't want to go for two because you're down there. I just thought it was funny that they that we had to have people come out for that. Yeah. And there's there's no I mean, the rule is, is that you have to go for the extra point. Um, but what does it matter if we're going to kneel it? The Saints were already in the tunnel, in the locker room. And the clock was already at zero anyway. Yep, the clock. The game was over. Yeah, the game was over. So there wasn't anyway. like there was one second left where they would kick the ball off again. Right. It was, so I mean, just there was the Vikings could have just lined up without the Saints there and kneeled it. I thought I would. That's what I was kind of hoping was just going to happen because the the fact that the the fact that their punter came out. Yeah, shout out to Thomas Morstead. Is that his name? That's his name. I just oh found God. it. What a badass. Yes. What a badass. Shout out to him for coming back out. And I, that's so, de- that has to be so defeating as a Saints player. I I would, mm, nah, nah, that didn't, even that didn't sit with me right with how ecstatic I was over the, the Vikings winning. So the the punter coming out or no, just the, having oh, the to whole situation, the, having to bring the Saints yeah, the back out. Yeah. The yeah. game's over. If the coaches agree, it's over. It's over, you know? Right. And based off everybody on the field, I can imagine it was over. Yeah. Um, but no, it, we we go on uh, next week to play. Well, technically this week, yeah, it is this. Week. What the hell am I talking? This Sunday, about? yeah, this Sunday, um, in at Philly, at Philadelphia, yep, against the Eagles, against the Eagles. The defense is strong. Yep, Foles, it's tell a tale of two two Foles. Yep, you you're yep. I understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, but they have some really big power players on that offense. They do. Um, Blunt Ajayi. Alshon Jeffrey. Yep. And Al Gore. Yep. Big wide receiver. Exactly. They they're 
in uh, the radio show that Will and I listen to every day is uh, 101.3, uh, you know, not KDWB, what the hell am I talking? 100.3, <laughs> the fan. The fan. <laughs> um, shout out to K-Fan. Shout out to K- shout out to 9 Noon with Paul Allen, PA in charge. <laughs> that was a really bad rendition of that, but whatever. Uh, no, seriously, we listen to it every day and it's just... The thing, it's really cool to hear what they have to say about the situation and whatnot. And, and something that I thought about and something that was said on the radio show today was that the Eagles are not that much different than us when it comes to the power running backs that they have. They have two, we have two, the wide receivers that they have, so on and so forth. So believe it or not, and they keep saying this and I agree, don't sleep on their defense. No, no, they, they've proven themselves this year. Exactly. Now. I obviously think we have a much better defense because we are the number one defense in the league. And this isn't this isn't coming from a biased Vikings player. This is coming from stats. And the stats say that we are the best defense in the league. Yeah. Um shout out to Jacksonville, which have the second best defense in the league, and go up against the Patriots on they, Sunday. Jacksonville handled the Steelers they, very well. Yep, they did. That it was, was a close game. It was. But it was a very high scoring game on both sides. And the fact that Blake Bortles was able to get that many touchdowns against the Steelers kind of says something to me. So I, I doubt Tom Brady's shaking in his boots, but we'll, we'll see what happens yeah, coming just, up. It'll be interesting to watch. It'll see what see what happens there. It'll see who we go up against in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> I'm just did. kidding. I don't want to predict that far. Take this shit one game at a time. Yes. Um. No. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good weekend for football too. I will say this. I I said it before the game started against the Saints. The Saints were a completely different team from week one when the Vikings played them and we we beat them pretty well to this week in the playoffs. I mean, just this last game in the playoffs. They, we dominated the first half. 17-0, yep. But then the Vikings did what the Vikings usually do and they start doing something stupid in the second half. Well, you got to you got to give credit to Drew Brees. Oh, Hall, no, he's Hall a fame phenomenal quarterback. phenomenal quarterback. Nothing against him as a player. Absolutely nothing against him as a player. But we let him do that stuff. Yeah, but you have to look as as a game goes on, players get fatigued. You can't keep up a defense that strong for that long. True. That's, true, but this is also the playoffs where yep. they need to do that. Yeah. This is life or death. You lose, you go home. It's as simple as that. And God damn it, I want to live long enough to actually see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. We, we seem to get to the NFC Championship game once every 10 years, so this is our chance to get there. Last time we were in the Super Bowl was the 70s. So We're 0 for 5, right, on NFC Championship games? 0 for 5. Recently. The, the recent five yeah. NFC Championship games we were in, we're 0 for 5. Yep, and we're 0 for 4 in Super Bowls. Right. God damn. Um, okay. I think that's enough Vikings talk for now. Unless yeah. you have something else to add? No. If you still if you stayed for the Vikings talk, thanks for listening. We'll be uh, sorry we got off a little got off on the Halo topic. It's okay. We're start we're starting up a new radio show. <laughs> 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 I'm totally kidding. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for HCS Pro Talk episode three. Uh, I want to thank you very much for listening. Will, thank you as always for being the producer and being my co-host. I greatly appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week for some more Halo esports action, but until then, we'll see you next time.